in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. Uh, with you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from beautiful, lovely, historic, and scenic... I think that covers the beauty part. Yeah, oh, anyway, I'm here in Rome County, Tennessee, and I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so very much. Lots of stuff going on, so many things to get to that you just can't get to them all. I could do a, a 10-hour program and probably still miss some of the stuff that's going on. Didn't get to everything on Tuesday that I would like to. Probably not going to be able to get back and talk about uh, much of that. But we did have this uh, big thing. I wanted to say just one little thing about the emergency January 6th committee meeting. Uh, the only thing that uh, I have to say, the one and only comment, the bombshell testimony that Donald Trump tried to commandeer his own limo so he could personally lead the charge on the Capitol. Well, here's my comment about that. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh. Everybody was comfortable.
that evidently that's what the left would have us believe. Uh, evidently, Donald Trump was going all uh, freaking Jackie Chan inside of this. Is there anything more ridiculous? Uh, have we heard anything weirder than that so far? And yet the media was all, ooh, ooh look, did you see that? This is such a believable, such a credible witness. Uh, when literally everything she said she specifically stated was hearsay. Somebody told me this, or I thought I heard that from this other person who was there. And, and there was only like two things she said that uh, she actually heard herself. And then it was under a stressful situation in a loud uh, <laughs> and crowded area when those things occurred. So the chances of her hearing things correctly uh, was... Uh, you know, not impossible, but the odds of mishearing something also pretty high, just saying. But the way the left jumped all over it, you would have thought this was it. They finally had him. And then, as it turns out, most of the day, uh, yesterday after the big reveal and then a lot of today, a lot of folks have been spending all kinds of time debunking or calling out the major points. And I think this raises a pretty serious question about, uh, well, about that lady who, you know, supposedly has an R at the end of her name, wanted to to question uh, this uh, former mid- to low-level aide, uh, wanted to try and make it sound like Trump was planning and trying to lead an armed insurrection. Uh, it brings in more questions about her, I think, than anything else that had been previously discussed. Although, the big elephant in the room, when it comes to the January 6th hearings, the only thing you should be asking yourself is exactly why is it the National Guard wasn't called out? Trump had offered it. The Pentagon had approved it. They even went so far as to contact Pelosi and the chief of the Capitol Police and say, hey, do you got? we recommend you supplement your forces. It could get kind of hairy if enough people show up because we know what happens when large crowds get riled up. And they were the ones that tried to put this extra level of protection there that would have prevented the riot part of the whole scenario, right? So the real $64,000 question is, why did Pelosi and the Capitol Police say no? I mean, I'm not the only person asking this, I know, but why aren't more people asking it? Why aren't you, as the American people, standing up and demanding to hear from your representatives why this wasn't done? I mean, it was that easy. It was right there. It just makes you wonder. It's got to be something, right? Also, another fun fact before we delve into today's primary topics. Um, Good Morning America I got a little egg on their face as they don't seem to be able to keep, uh, you know, uh, historical facts in order. Uh, you see, uh, ABC News uh, program Good Morning America, they were forced to issue a correction on uh, Thursday afternoon after they falsely claimed that Ketanji Brown-Jackson was the first black person to be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice, which, of course, also historically happened today 
history in the making. You know, today being Thursday, time of the live broadcast. In case you're hearing the rebroadcast on terrestrial or catching the podcast a few days late. Uh, yeah, that was today. But ABC, uh, Good Morning America said, Woo! First black person to be sort Um, correction, guys. The first black Supreme Court justice was Thorogood Marshall. You know, he joined the court way back in 1967. So, you know, maybe it's understandable that they forgot about that. You don't expect a news agency to, you know, keep track of facts. Uh, not, not in the modern age, anyway. But uh, I'll go you one better. The second Supreme Court justice who happens to be black currently is sitting on the court. You would think they could remember the guy they've been cursing for the last week plus, Justice Clarence Thomas. Now, I mean, they, they hate him because not only did he vote uh, to side with the state's rights when it came to Dobbs versus Jackson and overturn Roe. Not only did he do that, but he wrote a, con a concurrence opinion with the majority that stated the things the rest of the majority wouldn't. He said, hey, look, we have here at the court done a lot of other occasions where the federal government has no authority to make the ruling. And yet... They've done it, so maybe we should revisit some of these and throw them out just because they don't belong. Not because they're wrong, not because they want things to change, not because they believe there shouldn't be interracial marriage, because Clarence Thomas happens to be in a racial, interracial marriage, not because they believe slavery should come back, because... I don't think anyone does, not in this country. I mean, there may be a few folks out there, but uh, that particular part of the voting constituency block, not enough to carry a candidate, okay? But yes, congratulations to Katanji Brown-Jackson for rightfully becoming the first black woman to be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice. That much is accurate. Maybe they just left out the word, but I just it seems like they just kind of forgot. Sloppy, sloppy, at the very least. Or maybe it's just they don't really want you thinking about Thorogood Marshall that much because he wasn't exactly a hero of the left, and they definitely don't want you thinking that Clarence Thomas is black at all because guess what? Uh, he may look black, but he certainly doesn't act black. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Because I'm sorry, as a conservative, I really don't know what that means. I mean, you can say certain things in certain contexts, and maybe I'll get it. Like if you're talking about uh, good times on TV, well, they weren't acting like J.J. Walker. But is that the only way to be black? I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure if my friend Ron was on with me, he would explain to me how uh, it's just once again clearly the left being racist uh, because, you know, that's what they are, left low expectations and all that. And speaking of, you know, uh, Roe v. Wade being tossed out and uh, the Supreme Court letting the left down, you know, by taking away some of the federal authority. You know, I, I did write a piece about, uh, and I mentioned it Tuesday, I had not been picked up at that point in time, but I wrote a, a short op-ed that has now been uh, posted over at uh, the Biz Re 
Biz Pack Review. They picked it up, and you can also find it over at Ken Crow's site, uh, Conservative Daily Briefing. Uh, you can do that, uh, conservativedailybriefing.com. Check it out either place. Give it a read. Uh, both of them made some minor editorial corrections, which, you know, is their purview. It's their sites, and they do have editors for that. But the piece in its entirety is pretty much there, and I will eventually get it posted up at Tap Into the Truth in the blog page uh, in the original how I wrote it so that you can compare it and see uh, what you think about that. Uh, I may or may not include a link to both of those locations to let you read the articles, but it would be easy enough for you to look them up is what I'm trying to tell you. Anyway, within that, there is a brief explanation once again that the Supreme Court really did nothing but uh, say, hey, you know, all these extra constitutional power grabs the federal government's been doing, maybe we could just step away from that a minute. Maybe we could return to the idea that the states have rights, that the state has authority over certain things, especially that the federal government doesn't have specific enumerated authority listed in the Constitution over a thing. See, that would be great. But instead, what we get is barely there Beijing Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Jr. announcing – again, that happened today, Thursday, time of the live broadcast being June 30th – that he would support nixing the filibuster finally, although we were told just Tuesday that he was against that idea. He didn't like the idea. Oh, let's not do away with the filibuster. Now he is – proclaimed loudly and proudly that he's ready. He's supporting nixing the filibuster to pass nationwide abortion laws through the Senate. He said, quote, we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law, and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. Now, there's another issue, and I'll circle back around to that in a minute. But Biden said all this at a news conference while he's not even in the country. He's still over in Europe. Now, there was once upon a time this, no this notion, this idea, this perceived political faux pas uh, that you simply do not badmouth your home country when you are away from it. We used to be a standard in American politics. I, I don't think Barack Obama was the first to break that taboo, but he certainly was the first to actually completely throw it out the window. So I guess in the minds of Joe Biden, that no longer exists. Maybe somebody told him it would be a good thing. Maybe somehow he thinks he's still talking to the same people he's always talking to because he certainly seems to be just as barely there while he's in Europe as he normally is when he's right here at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So he's literally at a press conference in Europe, and he continued. He said, quote, and if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights. We provide an exemption for this or an exemption to the filibuster for this action, meaning he doesn't want to do away with the filibuster completely, but he would be okay if they voted to do away with the filibuster while they try to codify Roe v. Wade. See how that works? Now, make no mistake about it. Most Democrats do not want to do away with the filibuster because at some point in time, they're going to be desperately clinging to the filibuster as the only way they're going to stop uh, a full-blown conservative resurgence in the federal government. Uh, 
It's the only way they're going to be able to hang on to any of the gains that they have made in trying to grab additional federal powers. Powers they're not entitled to. Powers they have no authority to grant themselves. Have no business trying to claim it doesn't stop these people on the left. They're constantly doing it. But now they've got the voice of barely there Beijing Biden backing up. Hey, you know, we don't want to do away with the filibuster altogether, but, but there's one time for, for, for abortions. We, we, we kill those babies. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Can I have my pudding now? Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly that's what's happening, right? Anyway... This particular notion is following uh, the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. Just in case you're under a rock, that was the 1973 decision that claimed that the 14th Amendment to the Constitution protects abortion. At the end of last week, Roe v. Wade was tossed out. While Democrat-run states have pushed for removing limits on abortion, Republican-run states uh, began implementing more regulations, trying to make it more of a, you know, what they used to call for on the left, uh, legal to a certain extent, rare and safe, but emphasis on rare. That's really all that there – in fact – there's a poll that's come out that's actually the most accurate poll so far. When, when the Democrats and the leftists in the country and the media try to tell you that the majority of Americans support Roe v. Wade being the law, what they really mean is that the majority of Americans support the idea of abortion even as a matter of convenience for an unexpected pregnancy – should be permitted up to the end of the first trimester. That is what the majority of Americans support. Once you get past that first trimester, there's a whole lot fewer Americans that support the idea of just going in there and ripping the tiny little fetus to, t to bits, which is what happens in the standard abortion. Just ripping body parts apart and crushing the skull, popping little whitish-gray ooze coming out because that's that's how you know you got the head because that was part of the brain matter and it's it's barbaric it's grotesque and it's what happens every time they do this procedure if it's not a chemical abortion in which case it just kills the fetus and pushes the the woman's body into uh, going through the motions as if they're actually giving birth and to me that sounds even more traumatic but well for the for the the former mother uh, anyway Biden continues saying it's a mistake in my view for the Supreme Court to do what it did I feel extremely strongly and you like the devil at least extremely strongly that I'm going to do <laughs> what else do you feel extremely strongly about what you're going to do Joe uh, and you have that uh, lovely prune dessert and feel extremely strongly like you need help to the restroom. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I just, this is such a ridiculous story. I have a hard time staying 
focused and staying straight on this because it's just it's hard to play this legit. It's about like the idea of Donald Trump trying to uh, beat up Secret Service agents to take over the his limousine. I'm the effing president and you're going to take me where I want to go or I'll drive myself. Yeah, that I'm sure for the folks that hate Trump, they think that sounds exactly like him. But uh, for the folks that have just paid enough attention to how Trump actually talks, that's not something Trump would say. He had the utmost respect for the Secret Service around him, and there's not a single member of the Secret Service that would tell you any differently. If there were any, they'd be out there telling the story and and trying to go along with it. But all you've gotten uh, is Secret Service agents coming out saying, we will testify under oath, that's bovine excrement right there. Anyway, I'm sorry. I went off the tangent just because of the way Biden worded this. Man, that seems like a bad reason to go off because the way he words most of his conversations is enough to make you scratch your head. Anyway, let me start over. I feel extremely strongly that I'm going to do everything in my power, which I legally can do in terms of executive orders as well as push the Congress and the public. Well, translation, that's nothing, not a zip. You got no power. Even this ridiculous idea that Elizabeth Warren, and I've heard AOC throw it out there too, let's start providing abortions on federal land. Uh, Based on what? Guys, you want to codify Roe v. Wade? Pay attention. The Supreme Court didn't end Jack. They just said this isn't something the federal government has any authority to regulate. They've got no business trying to uh, regulate it, trying to gear it back, trying to stop it. And they've got no business trying to encourage it, trying to provide for it. No business at all. It's not a federal issue. And as long as these morons keep talking this stupid crap, they're going to continue to get folks fired up. And uh, uh, folks uh, are going to uh, show up. Jane's Revenge is going to keep showing up at uh, churches and pregnancy centers and places where uh, any young lady that's in one of these states that's going to be more restrictive, they're going to need those places more than ever. But they're not going to be available because they're going to keep attacking them. This, the violence is coming from their rhetoric, and yet they want to constantly say, oh, every time there's a mean tweet, that is incinerary. But anytime we say anything, well, that's just free speech and hyperbole, and clearly we didn't mean literally go do these things. Clearly? Really? Are we supposed to believe that that's clear? Because if it's clearly hyperbole when you say it, Isn't it also clearly hyperbole when the other side says it? Except, no. No, it's not. Because they mean it. We know they mean it. Because, you know, and then the, uh, and, you know, uh, somebody give Biden his pudding. He's about to come back out here. I mean, that's literally where he is. He's got no power. He can whine and try to tell Congress to do stuff. But all this amounts to is I'm bad-mouthing America while I'm in freaking Europe because I think Europe uh, is bigger on killing babies than, than we are. And he's wrong about that, by the way. What's been funny is a lot of these countries that have criticized uh, the court that's, first of all, we don't care. 
you know, that's why you're a separate country. You, you're okay feeling however you want to feel about our Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Perfectly fine. Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health services, blah, blah, blah. It's a legitimate decision, and it's one that was long overdue. It's correcting a mistake of the past. It's not the first time the court has taken a while to correct some serious mistakes of the past. And this keeps coming back to the fact that it's a state's issue, and that's all that they did. And it's it's the right decision. Oh, that's not according to Biden. Now, despite Biden's proposal to suspend the filibuster... The 60-vote threshold required to pass most legislation through the Senate, well, efforts to strengthen federal abortion laws have repeatedly failed in recent months. You know why? Because that also requires it requires legislatures to be on the record. That's something that a boatload of representatives and senators have simply tried to avoid like the plague with almost any actual hot-button issue. They want to talk big rhetoric. They want to have the issues to run on, to campaign on, to fundraise on. But they don't want an actual solution, and they certainly don't want to be on the record because what happens if they find out what me and a ton of other conservative hosts have been trying to tell them and all of America for some time now. And that is, you guys are not the majority. You uber wild card leftists, you are just the loudest section of a generally forgiving and accepting part of the country. Now, if you just want to say loving and accepting, you might be surprised how many people fit that actual definition that fall into the camp of the conservative, that lean anywhere from slightly right of center to um, a fairly decent range right of center. You might be very surprised by that, but here's the thing that shouldn't surprise you. If you have to scream on the streets that you think the Supreme Court's terrible, if you're literally one of the people that was part of the Twitter thread when uh, Joe Biden's handlers put on uh, Twitter today his announcement that he's going to do everything he can, basically just mimic the quotes from the press conference and from Europe. That says, okay, uh, that would be great if we passed the law, but if the court is legislating from the bench now, how do we stop them from simply overturning it? The point is you can't. You don't. And it should be overturned. But they're not legislating from the bench. The legislature hasn't done anything. There was never a law. It was actually the court that came down on the side creating Roe v. Wade as right to an abortion that was legislating from the bench. This was just an undoing of that. Again, correcting a grievous error. You don't have to like it. I'm not real fond of the fact that once this gets thrown back to the states, it means that New York's uh, standing law that they passed that literally lets you murder that pre-born human child all the way up until seconds after its birth. That barbaric and ridiculous notion is still now not only legal in the state of New York, but now there's no way to federally challenge it to try to bring it back down. Now it's up to the people of the state of New York to put the pressure on their state politicians to 
to pare that back a little bit to something that's a little more humane. And this is a question of humanity, by the way. You can try to make it about anything else you want, but this is a question of humanity. And, uh, you know, for one, I'm glad that humanity is winning the argument, but that's not the issue at the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court didn't make any ruling about morality. It didn't make any ruling about whether abortion is a good or if it's a bad. None of that was in the ruling. And if you haven't read any of the opinions, you really need to go back and read them and see exactly for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Sean Hannity's word for it. Don't take Dan Bongino's word for it. But certainly, for the love of all that's holy, do not take... Rachel Maddow's word for it. Don't take AOC's word for it. And definitely don't take Dunderhead Biden's word for it because these guys are nuts. Go see for yourself. Ooh, too much like work for you? Well, guess what? It's not even that hard to read. And even if you were to only read Justice Clarence Thomas's uh, concurrence and see the things that he stated probably should be revisited. Pay attention to the reason why. It doesn't say that any of these things should be made to go away. But no rights were taken from anyone because no rights existed. There's not a right to murder your preborn child for any circumstance. But the biggest issue for most Americans, regardless of their religious uh, leanings, comes down to the fact that abortion should never be simply one more quiver in the uh, one more arrow in the quiver of convenient contraception. Once a child has been formed, and it is a child from the beginning, it is a baby human. Uh, still needing a little development from that very first stage, but it is a baby human from the very beginning. It's not going to be anything else. DNA is complete. It's in the process of becoming something you'll recognize. But it's a new life from the beginning. You take two cells that are already alive when they meet, and they merge into something new that becomes a new life form. Right then and there, emphasis, life form. Obviously, that doesn't matter to some people because people are going to die. What people? Gay and trans people are going to be disproportionately affected by this. How? The only people that are going to accidentally get pregnant and then one in an abortion are not among the, I'm only having sex with the same sex as I am, or the people that I'm not exactly biologically what I present myself as. Those are going to be probably among the least affected by this. I believe it was uh, what Bill Maher who said, you would think that uh, the primary group that would be affected by this are the straight women, you know, breeders. There's a reason why he said it. It wasn't just for humorous effects, boys and girls, because it's painfully obviously the truth. But yeah, Joe, you just keep trashing America while you're over in Europe. Uh, why not? We, we should not expect you to do anything better. You're not capable of accepting your responsibility for the inflation. We're not, you're not capable of expecting your responsibility for what 
for accepting your responsibility for what you did with energy policy. You're not capable of accepting your responsibility in world dynamics when you just withdrew with no plan whatsoever from Afghanistan. No, we haven't forgot about that. You're not capable of accepting your responsibility in the death of these illegal migrants that were found in the back of a truck uh, down in Texas just this past week. Oh, no, that's got nothing to do with me. Uh, sorry, sorry, Joe, but actually it has a lot to do with you and the policies that your handlers are pushing forward. These people believe they're going to be welcomed if they just find a way in. You're encouraging the cartels. You're encouraging uh, – human trafficking, you're encouraging all kinds of stuff by not taking a tougher stance on closing the border. Oh, but the borders are closed. We know this because we were told so just the other day by a man whose job it is to know. If our southern border is closed, why are there still so many people illegally crossing it? If our southern border is closed, why is so much fentanyl coming from China getting smuggled across our southern border? Why were there more Americans killed in the last two years from fentanyl overdoses than from almost any other drug overdose at all? Why was there more of the fentanyl? Because the fentanyl is only coming from one place, Joe. It's not, it's not being uh, air-mailed in from Canada. Uh, order your prescriptions online. Canadian pharmacies stand by, ready to... That's not what's happening, Joe. <sighs> All right, I really got to take the mid-hour break before we get any further. And if I don't stop soon, I'm not going to get to any of the other topics. So, uh, tell you what, you guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this brief break. <laughs> You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. When one refers to the lifeblood of America, I'm sure they would agree it includes the U.S. trucking industry. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, when it comes to what you and I wear, eat, or use, it is most likely transported by one of the many legions of dedicated truck drivers crisscrossing our beloved republic. Starting in 1910, the development of a number of technologies gave rise to the modern trucking industry. By 1914, there were almost 100,000 trucks on American roads. In 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower laid the groundwork for the construction of the interstate highway system, which includes ribbons of roadway that enable America's dedicated army of truckers to deliver everything we the people utilize for our daily lives. The truckers, in my opinion, and often been overlooked and even maligned by irate highway motorists who berate the truckers for supposedly causing traffic slowdowns. Today, over 27 million trucks traverse our highways, hauling over 70% of the total volume of freight. Because of the 24-7 trucking industry, our economy will recover more quickly, and our way of life 
be more secure. So when you pass a trucker on the highway, give him a thumbs up and tell him Ron Edwards said hello. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. We often find ourselves arguing statistics with anti-gun people, but let's put the conversation into perspective. I'll give you some stats, but also expose the anti-gun left's real motives for gun control. First of all. Don't you think that anyone who really wants to save lives would focus their attention on an area where the most lives are lost? The gun grabbers like to use the number of 30 to 40,000 gun-related deaths per year. But if we take out suicides, which are 60% of those gun-related deaths, which, by the way, are not reduced by the absence of guns, and we take out law enforcement-related deaths, in other words, good guys killing bad guys, We're left with about 14,880 gun-related homicides. But here's where it gets interesting. The majority of those gun-related homicides are gang-related. So let's say we didn't have the gang problem we have in this country. The number of gun-related homicides shrinks to 2,976 per year in America. Here's another interesting fact that the anti-gun left doesn't want you to know. The majority of gang-related violence occurs in Democrat-run cities across this country that are highly gun-restricted, by the way, and often allow violent illegals safe harbor. What that means is good people living within those cities are denied their right to protect themselves against the human violence that Democrats encourage with their bad policies. Now let's compare that to some other things that the anti-gun left could be working on if they really wanted to save lives. Drunk driving takes almost 11,000 lives per year in America. 47,000 lives are lost per year in America due to suicide, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia being two of the leading causes of suicide, not guns. But one of the biggest causes of preventable deaths in America is abortion. Almost 330,000 lives are taken per year in America by people committing abortion. Now let me give you a piece of information that the anti-self-defense crowd doesn't want you to know. How many lives do you think are saved every year because of guns? The answer is two and a half million. Every year in America, two and a half million lives are potentially saved by the use of firearms. Now this doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And 46% of those lives saved are women. This is a study that was done by Gary Kleck, a Florida criminologist, and backed by data from the CDC. So why do you think the gun grabbers never share this information? Well, some would argue that they don't really care about saving lives as much as they care about disarming their fellow citizens and preventing them from independently protecting themselves and their families. Gun control is a top-down method that puts government in charge of the lives and safety of people under the guise of public safety. It's the first step in stealing the freedom our founders fought for. The anti-left has already decided that they are willing to give up their freedom to government. The problem is, they can't have their government-controlled utopian society unless you get on board. And real Americans are clearly not getting on board. 
gun control is a way of forcing you into dependence, whether you like it or not. Now, we're never going to cure the evil in the hearts of killers, but we can stop them. So, to the gun grabbers, do you really want to save lives? Then get to work on the real causes of human violence and help us restore our gun rights so good people can protect themselves. Help us save lives rather than ending them before they get a chance to take their first breath. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see. All right, attention, all lying dog face pony soldiers. Time to report. Report immediately. All right, before I get back to the action here, want to remind everybody of a very time-sensitive event. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just recently we've uh, created a association with a new... Uh, What's what's the word here? Uh, well, I, I guess we are just kind of uh, an associate. Uh, built that with a Diamond CBD. Well, if uh, you haven't had a chance to check the links yet in the show description or visit me over at tapintothetruth.com uh, and uh, follow one of those banners, uh, now might be your best time. Uh, first of all, they're running two big-time sales in the month of July, so this will be a great chance to, to visit and check them out. Uh, right now, Diamond CBD is having... A site-wide buy one, get one sale for July 4th. So on the 4th, celebrate freedom, celebrate liberty, celebrate the birth of this nation, and uh, take advantage of some buy one, get one uh, on literally everything on the site. And then on July 12th and 13th, they're going to be running a lot of huge sales, so it'll be worth your while especially if you're a fan of the products, to go back over there, visit them, and see what those deals are. Uh, I, the announcement reads that it's just big sales. It essentially is their version of Amazon deal days, uh, which evidently, is it just me, or has everybody decided to get on board with doing their own little thing? I'm surprised Jeff Bezos isn't suing everybody because a lot of these folks are referring uh, to these sales as Amazon days uh, there. And it's like, uh, guys, you're not Amazon. So anyway, kind of the same thing. Now, um, what what should we talk about? Uh, you know, I love the fact that AOC has been really active again. You know, it, it gives the guys uh, over at Virginia Tech uh, a chance to get back into playing the old drinking game, uh, assuming you guys are still listening to the show. Uh, and I'm assuming that you are. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten any... Uh, any messages from you guys in a while, though, so reach out on social media or send me an email or something. Let me go. You're still listening. Uh, that is, if you didn't uh, die of uh, alcohol poisoning when you were playing this drinking game before, because we used to talk about AOC a lot. Well, we're back to talking about Representative 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a lot. Uh, she was really upset about Roe v. Wade because, like, uh, women are going to die now and stuff. And now, now she's even angrier because on Thursday, which is time of the live broadcast if you're listening, but if you're getting the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio or you're listening somewhere else, catching the podcast a few days later, whatever you may be, uh, then be aware that the time I'm actually talking to you is somewhere in the past. Actually, just Thursday, which <laughs> is June 30th. Uh, she took to Twitter, uh, all upset about the latest Supreme Court ruling when they kind of came down and said uh, the environmental protection agencies not got its unlimited power. Now, she, uh, being AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, suggested on Twitter that the court must be abolished to save the planet. Oh, my. I just, I, I just, she was channeling Greta Thunberg for a moment. How dare you? Okay, in case you missed it, the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that the EPA lacked the authority to curb greenhouse, greenhouse gas emissions from power plants and that Congress would be the governing body responsible for regulating the emissions. Because laws are supposed to be passed by the Congress. Yeah, I love the fact that the left is completely losing their mind because suddenly their civics classes mean something again. But, but you see, Tim, they stopped teaching these classes by the time I was in school. And how do I know that to be the case? Because AOC is much younger than me, and they were already starting to parrot out of school when I attended. I literally saw the last of U.S. government classes in high school in my sophomore year, it was ended after that. It was no longer part of the curriculum. And tell me how sad that is. Now, that was a few years ago, by the way. It's been a minute, uh, as the kids like to say. So now Congress is actually, the, the, the Supreme Court wants Congress to to do its job. These people are going to have to go on the record, and then they're going to have to you know, debate and and discuss and perhaps even compromise occasionally. Oh, my. I mean, I don't know why the left hates compromise so much. They managed to get the majority of conservatives to give up a whole lot of territory in the way it's always played out. And I've mentioned this before. The left starts way over here. The right starts way over there. And then they compromise to make something happen that's uh, doable, and they've met in the middle. Now, the right celebrates for a minute, hey, we made a compromise, and now both sides can be happy, and as soon as you look over to the left, they're like, whoop, twice as far as they were before, and said, nope, now we want more. Now we need to compromise again. It's just now, if the Supreme Court's going to keep telling him, um, executive order, and I can't wait till somebody challenges one of these illegal executive orders, and I'm suspecting that's going to happen soon now that they know how this court is going to rule when it comes to the Constitution. Hey, there's a reason to actually do this again. Uh, a little while back, there wasn't a point in fighting most of it because the previous courts didn't really seem to care that much about the Constitution, or at least there weren't enough justices sitting on it that cared about the Constitution to make a difference. That's not the case anymore. 
But AOC, oh man, she was worked up. Catastrophic, she said. A filibuster carve-out is not enough. We need to reform or do away with the whole thing for the sake of our planet. She's talking about the Supreme Court when she says the whole thing, by the way. Just do away with the whole thing. Now, Ocasio-Cortez continued her, well, I do think it's fair to say unhinged, an unhinged meltdown. (laughs) Uh, She continued her little rant by responding to a tweet from the leftist uh, Brennan Center, which noted that the Supreme Court agreed to hear Moore versus Harper, a case about the power that state courts have over federal elections in their state. Quote, We are witnessing a judicial coup in progress. Now, this is AOC. If the president and Congress do not restrain the court now, the court is signaling they will come for the presidential election next. All our leaders, regardless of party, must recognize this constitutional crisis for what it is. I am Indigo Mantoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I, I, I'm just using a different line from the movie because I'm getting really tired of the Indigo Mantoya quote that says, you keep using these words. I do not think you know what they mean. I do not think they mean what you think they mean. Uh, that's the line. Uh, I, you would think if I abuse it so often, I would have it down pat. But I, so what are we talking about? The, the constitutional crisis here is that the Constitution has been dusted off and is being put front and center again. Oh, no, we can't have that. Crazy. A judicial coup? The restoration of the proper role? as defined in the Constitution for each of the three branches, that's a constitutional crisis? Listen. Congressperson Cortez, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, with far more respect than is actually due because of, you know, your actions and your crazy statements and, hey, you put your face in ice water one time, with way more respect than is due. I would ask you to stop reading the Justice Democrats talking points and take, you know, a little bit of time, maybe get some help from someone that you trust, but someone who's not a total, complete leftist and is going to lie to you, and just read the Constitution. I mean, I'm not even asking you to read the Federalist Papers, which would be good once you got past that. I'm not even asking you to read uh, the the Bill of Rights, those first ten amendments. Uh, just read the Constitution proper. You can even skip the preamble if you want. It, it, it's, uh, just read what your job is, what the president's job is, and what the Supreme Court's job is. And and remember, if what you've been seeing as business and usual in D.C. is not what that document says, 
That means somewhere along the lines they've already perverted it. And if what the Supreme Court is saying now is in line with what you're reading in that dusty old document that's you know being brought back to life. CPR is being performed in the back right now by Clarence Thomas, and the, he, he is single-handedly uh, trying to, to apply the paddles, you know, the shock paddles there. But he's got help. He's got enough justices on board that they're like, hey, you know what, maybe this Constitution thing isn't so bad after all. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett, you got Kavanaugh. Now, you've got some conservative-minded folks. I mean, when it comes to the Supreme Court, conservative-minded doesn't mean that, oh, well, obviously they're Republicans. It means they have a conservative view towards the role of the court and uh, constitutional authorities. That's what they've been demonstrating. Oh, they're coming for the presidential election next the Constitution says the states have the right to conduct their elections. There is no federal oversight of elections. The federal government has one responsibility in the certification of presidential elections, and that is to receive the votes of the electors from the Electoral College and to certify those results. That's it. That's the extent of the authority and power the federal government's ever supposed to have over our elections. And it doesn't matter what office is in question. It doesn't matter if your local comptroller has to be elected or if you're voting for president of the United States of America. The states get to run their elections. And as long as the results that are certified actually meet all the legal certifications, then that's the result. Period. What else do you expect, AOC? We're watching a judicial coup in progress. I don't think you have any clue what that even means. She wasn't done, though. She said that at this point, we should be well beyond partisanship. Members of Congress have sworn an oath to the Constitution. Uh, yeah, yourself included, AOC. So again, go back and read the freaking thing. You might be surprised to find out that those talking points you keep getting don't really reflect what the Constitution says. Anyway, back to her statement. It is our duty to check the court's gross overreach of power in violating people's inalienable rights and seizing it <laughs> seizing for itself the powers of Congress and the president. Oh, my gosh. Does she even know what she's saying? It's our duty to check the court's gross overreach of power. We'll stop there for a second. And it is the court's duty and responsibility to stop Congress or the president's gross overreach of power. That's what... Co-equal means there's not supposed to be judicial supremacy. But hey, AOC, just in case you didn't know, it was the left who's been pushing for decades and decades to have judicial supremacy. They're not supposed to have the end-all, be-all say as far as what happens. 
But as far as what happens with federal law, they do get to pretty much strike down anything that they feel like doesn't meet constitutional muster. That's it. And that's all that they said again today. Hey, guess what? Nothing in the Constitution says that Congress can uh, delegate its rights to uh, watch out for environmental concerns to a executive branch ABC agency. Just because that's business as usual doesn't mean it's how it should be done. Seeing a restoration back to the preset of a free nation is not a bad thing. You're talking about violating people's inalienable rights and seizing for itself powers of Congress. Congress hasn't wanted that power in forever. Congress has spent much of the last three decades trying to put as much stuff onto the president or the court as possible, again, so they don't have to be on the freaking record, so they don't have to be accountable to the voters back up. Well, you know, we tried, but we couldn't do this, and we couldn't do that. And, uh, you know, the president did this, and then the court ruled that, and, you know, we'll take credit for anything that actually happened, saying we supported it, and that was good enough. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, it wouldn't have mattered if we had voted because, you know, it's only our freaking jobs that we beg and beg for, that we beg for money so we can beg more for it. Oh, my gosh. This is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. America, 2022. All right, that's going to have to be it for the first hour. So please remember, don't take my word for it, not any little bit of it. Please, please, don't take their word for it either. Take a little time. Put in a little effort. Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, one last message for Joe before I go. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this. And if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, come find the podcast because this will be bonus material. Hey, Joe. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey. let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, bro. Let's go, Brandon. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man. Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He couldn't say when couldn't say how, couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. They learned to hate the public schools, Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why 
He was different in her eyes. Saw them years ago. Happy little cabin in the west. They homeschooled on their farm, making so much more from so much less. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am hoping you are having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, you know, with all the usual caveats, of course. Man, uh, if you heard hour number one, then uh, thank you. And chances are, if you're hearing this hour, you probably did. Uh, so thanks for hanging around for hour number two. Uh, we're going to take a quick minute to uh, spend a moment 
um, time traveling. We're going to go all the way back to 2006 to hear what then-Senator Joe Biden had to say about abortion. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Very different comments than what he made on January 3rd. January, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. On June 30th of 2022, where he says, I'm going to do everything in my power, which isn't much, but I don't want you to think that. Trashing America and uh, pimping for abortion while he's in Europe, no less. But now, now we're going to take a quick trip back to January 6th. Uh, you know, the one the Democrats are all worried about. We're going to get an inside view of what happened in Donald Trump's limousine as he was leaving the rally and planning on leading the mob to the Capitol. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. I'm the effing president. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. I'll drive myself. But they fought with <laughs> Whatever, whatever, I'll do what I want. <laughs> I I can't help it. It was just so utterly ridiculous. Everything the freaking left does is ridiculous. But you know what else? Everything is awesome. And everything is awesome. This is the United States of America, baby. And if you ain't loving the fact that we are very close now to the 4th of July, then you're doing something wrong. I can't tell you exactly what. But hey, uh, it is indeed I, your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you live from the Sork, Roan County, Tennessee. I know I said that already, but here we are again. Felt like it needs to be said. Because I'm about to dive headlong into this next topic, and this one brings us to this lovely juxtaposition for the left, and I think a lot of folks on the left don't know this, so I'm sharing it with you so that you, in turn, can share it with all your leftist friends. Assuming you have some. I, maybe you're just going to send it to family members you don't care that much about. But uh, however, whatever, it's important to note that right now, as Democrats and leftists and news media outlets and just randos on the street, and of course AOC, who is kind of all of the above and not really any of those, as they're out there raging against the Catholic Church, you know, for its pro-life advocacy and stuff. What they don't know now but need to know very soon is that federal dollars are flowing to the Catholic groups like never before. In fact, the money going to them have skyrocketed thanks to the church's role in caring for, no, no, not children, uh, no, 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 not, not Americans in need, no, no, illegal migrants. Yeah, yeah, the church is uh, putting a large 
part of the resources into uh, helping to care for the illegal migrants that are flooding across the southern border. Uh, why? Because Joe Biden has no policy there and because his handlers want an open border because they're all uh, Cloward and Piven style trying to destroy the country from within. Now, the Catholic Charities USA and its affiliates across the country have long provided care for refugees. That's a specific class of individuals for unaccompanied minors, which is a different group of people and impoverished immigrants with funding from taxpayers. They've been getting dollars from the government for a long time for this. And, you know, I think that while it's still not the role of the federal government to give away my tax dollars to anybody, I mean, go spend the money on the things you're supposed to do and then leave charity up to the charities and the individuals. That's been my stance. It's not that I'm against the Catholic Church helping people. Even people who shouldn't necessarily be here because nobody wants to see bad things happen to people that are generally good people. I mean, you can make that claim all you want, and there's occasions where I'm going to talk with a lot of bombastitude uh, where I'm trying to make a point. doesn't mean I want to see people suffer at all. I, I don't. I don't think anybody really does, even some of the louder voices in the crowd. But... Uh, it's just not the role of the federal government. We're back to the uh, the Supreme Court right now, smacking down left and right. Uh, the EPA and uh, Dobbs' decision uh, knocking the freaking Roe v. Way out the window. And all these great things that they're doing, it's all return to uh, states' rights. The federal government doesn't have a dog in the fight and shouldn't have a dog in the fight because they have no constitutional authority to be involved. So it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. So as Biden, a professed devout Catholic, who happens to be very soft on illegal immigration uh, and his policies follow that suit, well, um, they have seen a monthly surge across the border roughly equal to the population of Buffalo. Government agencies have relied on the religious groups to provide shelter, transportation, and other services through dramatically increased federal grants. The feds have granted Catholic charities $300 million so far in fiscal 2022 alone, specifically for migrant services, including refugee and entrance assistance and an unaccompanied alien children's program. Uh, this is out there. And according to an analysis of the federal spending data that was done over at the Daily Wire, uh, these are the programs that they can kind of pretend like are legitimately legal, that are not just simply helping random illegal migrants. But still, that's probably where a majority of this money is actually going. And some of that creative accounting that we've talked about uh, previously when uh, they find the excuse for sending federal taxpayer dollars to Planned Parenthood, for example. <sighs> the funds come primarily from the Department of Health and Human Services, their specific Office of Refugee Resettlement, 
Sometimes after first flowing through a state government, the fiscal year ends in September, by the way, meaning that the year's end total is on pace to uh, be in excess of $400 million by the time it's all said and done. That's four times what that dollar amount in grants was in 2010 and in 2020. In between, the spending spiked, though not as high as now. Former President Barack Hussein al-Akbar Obama dealt with his own migrant surge and flood of refugees. Even as the church helped illegal migrants, a cause shared by the left, one that they praise and love and want the government to do, it has incurred the wrath of leftists, the wrath, I say, following the Supreme Court ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson. Again, overturned Roe v. Wade. By now, I should just be able to say Dobbs v. Jackson, and you know what I'm talking about. But I'm still doing that uh, sequitur just in case. And again, in the Dobbs versus Jackson ruling, it just says that uh, they're allowing states to restrict or even ban abortion because it's a state issue. Sorry, lefties, not a not something for you to get overly concerned about. Just go back to work in your home states if you're not liking what your state's doing. Time to get back to the hard work of actual politics instead of, let's just cram down everything federally and pretend like states don't matter. Numerous churches have been vandalized or attacked in recent days. In West Virginia... The St. Coleman Catholic Church, a historic site built in 1878. It was burned to the ground in Houston. The Seiko Company Catholic Store, which sells religious apparel, also caught fire suspiciously. Authorities in Virginia responded to a Catholic church and found smoke, an accelerant, and profane graffiti saying this won't stop. Catholic Charities responded to the Supreme Court's ruling by highlighting that it also provides social services to help women and girls during pregnancy and after the birth of a child. These social services include financial and maternal support. We're talking about literally cash and actual physical material goods. They include physical material support, care, and counseling during prenatal, postnatal, and postpartum stages, adoption and housing if that's the route you go. Ooh, those mean, mean Catholics. How dastardly evil they are. Let's burn down every church, right? That's what the left is saying. But the left is completely ignoring the fact that they need the Catholic charities to help keep up their influx of illegals. Look, much of the Catholic charities' federally funded immigration work was classified as refugee and entrance assistance. That's a category that includes illegal migrants who are not refugees but have simply entered the country. But if you saw entrance assistance, you would think that that probably meant folks that were here legally. Well, it doesn't. It has never been that. It's always been about the illegals. 
As an example, back in October of 2021, uh, HHS used emergency authorization from Congress. See, Congress needed to do the authorization before the executive branch could do it, but they used that emergency authorization to set aside 73 million taxpayer dollars over two years and then to, to earmark that for Catholic charities of the Diocese of Fort Worth. Right there, really close to the epicenter of the border crisis in Texas. That's not a coincidence. That's a specific uh, reason. There's, there's a reason behind everything they do. It also obligated $38 million to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops for refugee and entrance assistance, some of which has been doled out in recent months to Catholic charity groups in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, in Tennessee, and in Utah. Texas has a big issue there. Utah on the list. Pay close attention because my uh, my friends in Utah that listen on KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority. This hour probably won't even be broadcast on the air there. Uh, it's one of the terrestrial radio sites, but good to see you there in Tennessee. Well, that's where I am. And so, yeah, here we are, guys. What are you doing here in my home state? This is where some of that money was sent because, again, this is where the federal government is asking the Catholic charities to help them out. And in return, they're sending them cash. Back in April, Virginia's Commonwealth Catholic Charities, they received $248,000 and a little, you know, like an extra sixty-five there for fiscal 2022 uh, for their residential services. For unaccompanied children. Now that's a shelter. Fancy way to say, here's a place for you to stay. In March, Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Atlanta took 48000 for uh, fiscal year 2020. Oh, I'm sorry, 2022. For their MRS Safe Passages 2 program under the category Unaccompanied Alien Children Programs. A second factor leading to a sharply increased demand for Catholic social service providers was the bungled withdrawal from the U.S. military from Afghanistan. Believe it or not, uh, we talk about it a lot here. It's been a factor in this as well, this bungled withdrawal. It was followed by the airlifting of Afghan nationals who were classified as refugees into the U.S. in September of 2021. The Department of State awarded the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops $32 million over one year to, quote, provide initial relocation support services for Afghans paroled into the United States. Catholic Charities says it's provided resettlement services to almost 12,000 Afghan new arrivals in 38 states in 2021. Ukrainians also began to be resettled in early 2022. Catholic Charities did not, did not want to talk about this particular news story. They refused to 
to make a comment. They ignored a request for comment by the Daily Wire. Um, they don't want to talk about it. This to them is something they shouldn't have to talk about. But kind of feels like it's something we should talk about. Because you see, it does put the left in that crazy juxtaposition of, oh, we hate the Catholics because they're against abortion. We're going to burn down all these places. But right now, Biden and company is sending them more money than they've ever gotten before. And it's for something that these same people that are in the streets screaming about their right to murder a pre-born baby human uh, also seem to really want. They want this influx of illegals because it's racist not to just let them come here. It's racist to want to have control of your border and to have any idea as to who it is you're letting in your country. That's racist. A little spoiler alert. If you happen to be one of these leftists and you happen to be listening, and uh, for the life of me, I don't know how you would have made it this far without your brain exploding. But if you happen to be one of these folks, and you know, yay for you, good for you listening. Maybe, be careful, if you let some of this sink in, it might start to make sense to you. And then you're in danger. I will have radicalized you. Don't let that happen, lefty. Don't let it happen. But if you don't have the Catholic Church helping to move these people about in the country, then the federal government's just going to have to do it all themselves. And that's going to cost even more taxpayer dollars than what they're already wasting. Now, maybe that doesn't matter to you much if you're one of these people that don't pay much in taxes. Maybe you get back more than gets withheld. Maybe you're living so far below the the line of... Uh, uh, where you don't even have to file a, a federal income tax return anymore. So maybe that really doesn't matter to you at all. But how it should matter to you is that at this point in time, because they have really just flubbed everything up so badly, that every penny that the federal government is spending is helping to drive inflation up just a little bit more. So... If you don't care that taxpayer dollars are being wasted, you at least should care that this is still putting more money out to do things that there's no rationale for wealth creation behind it. So congratulations. Your gas prices just went up a little bit more. Your grocery bill just went up a little bit more. I don't know. Your electric bill, if you're living in one of the many places in this country that is hot as a firecracker right now, you're trying to run your AC, keep your house cool, guess what? Nah, you're going to have to turn the AC off or you can't afford the power bill next month. It's not the only force. It's not the driving force, but it's still going to add to it. And if you think otherwise, then you don't understand inflation. Can't keep just throwing money out there no matter what the cause is. At some point, you're going to have to start reining it back in. In fact, they were talking about this again over at the Fed about how the corrective actions are probably going to be rather painful in the uh, short term. I think it's going to probably be a little longer than they want to admit. Of course, they don't want to say too much because, you know, eh, we would have to admit that we're actually secretly trying to make this happen because we're trying to destroy the country. We want America to fall, and we want Americans to fail. Boy, I sure could go for some mean tweets right about now. Couldn't you? 
And I'm good if Donald decides not to run as long as somebody like DeSantis gets in. And I'd be all right with that. The tweets won't be quite as mean, but they'll be just as effective. Look, this this is this crazy place. Now, I have often criticized the Catholic Church for their desire to facilitate the movements of these illegal migrants within the country. And, and to them, is part of believing they need to take care of people who are in need. And I can, on the one hand, criticize the negative effect that it's having on both the country and on the encouragement of other people to come into the country illegally too, because I don't think that's what's best for these folks to begin with. I also know that there is a still a finite amount of resources in this country. Now, maybe we're not as close to the breaking point as it feels like right now. Maybe we're not. But something tells me we're not going to know what that breaking point is until after it's done broke, if you know what I'm saying. And if we get to that point and then we're done broke, there's no coming back from that. Being financially responsible means a lot of different things. And, but for the federal government, the only thing it should mean is stop spending money on anything that's not in your purview. And stop giving away money to anybody. I mean, sure, in theory, a lot of it sounds great. And wouldn't it be great if we could just send a few million dollars to help Ukraine? Because the Ukrainian people are fighting for freedom. It sounds great to say, hey, shouldn't we just send a few million dollars to, uh, to Mexico to help them shore up their, their tourist industry and uh, try to help the government fight back against the uh, cartels? I mean, it all sounds great in theory. And you can get a lot of people to agree, yeah, that would be good if we could do that. But the discussion has to be couched in a way that it's understood if we could. And when when you're looking about, number one, just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing. If you'll allow me to paraphrase Jeff Goldblum in uh, Jurassic Park, the first one. They were so busy looking at whether or not they could do a thing, they never stopped to ask if they should do the thing. And the answer is no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't do a lot of the things that they do. Even a lot of things that I like them doing, and that's part of it. That's what I keep trying to say when it comes to the Constitution, when it comes to the Supreme Court. They're not there to hand me my wish list. They're not there to hand the left their wish list. They're there to judge if policies and laws and previous rulings actually pass constitutional muster. Sometimes that means that if... The federal government was sending uh, money to a Wyoming school uh, to help fund a program. They were sending a grant to help fund a gun safety class where they put it in the hands of uh, 7th and 8th graders and with good oversight and small numbers during the class for maximum safety and actually taught them, honest to goodness, gun safety and how to shoot. I would be all for that. But if the court said, that's a little outside the purview of what the federal government should be doing. I might not be happy with the fact that they said, oh, well, we're not going to let you keep sending the money for that anymore. But at the end of the day, if it's not in the Constitution, the federal government shouldn't be doing it. And I don't know why that's hard. 
I mean, there's lots of things I would like. Well, the federal government's a simple solution. Let's just do it. But at the end of the day, what these issues should be getting boots on the ground handled, it, sh- it should be through organizations like the Catholic Charities and other charities. And charities should work in a very specific way. Now, I'll make the argument there should be no federal dollars going to charities, no grants, none of that. Because, again, they're stretching stuff in the Constitution to make that okay. You shouldn't have to stretch it. Either it's clearly defined in the enumerated powers or you don't have the power to do it. Stop trying to come up with an excuse to make it okay. We need a reset, and that's the direction the reset needs to go. All right, hey, look at this. It's not quite the uh, halfway point of the hour, and I'm going to go ahead and take that mid-hour break. Uh, By the time I'm done rambling, I'll probably pass it. But hey, here we are. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back after this very brief message. Hey, kid, what do you got to say about it? You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Atheists are zeroing in to wipe out the remaining vestiges of biblical principles still recognized throughout a republic. And if they succeed, the small flame of liberty still flickering will be snuffed out, perhaps for good. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. My dad told me long ago that our nation will only be as strong as our families. When one observes what has transpired since the days of John Dewey or Dr. Patrick Grunzaka, a strong proponent of today's transgender movement, along with every leftist, represents a determined mission of eradicating truth from throughout every aspect of life here in America. Leftists have gained so much control that even Christians and so-called conservatives now compromise in their arguments and physical efforts to engage in the clear and present war between good and evil, which may soon reveal either restoration or destruction of this legendary land of liberty. The Founding Fathers were not perfect men, but in both public strategy and numerous writings acknowledged and paid homage to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or as Thomas Jefferson would say, God or nature's God. In my opinion, and based upon historical events and data, it would be wise to once again seek to be one nation under God before we are soon one nation gone under. I'm Ron Edwards. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. They're much getting walked back. It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred. None of the three. With the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts. And I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since 
back when they uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast southeast um, Ukraine, but also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there. Some of you've, you've been there. And we know none of the three occurred. Weapons could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would. Re it would trigger a response in kind. And we know none of the three occurred. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. And we know none of the three occurred. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. I'm back. Woohoo! It's me again. All right, I, that's enough. I, I'm not going to torture you anymore. I apologize. I'm sorry for that. All right, before we get back to the show, allow me to take just a brief moment, you know, to try to get you to go buy something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. In the meanwhile, uh, yeah, I've talked a little bit about it recently. I really want you to check them out. If you've already been to Blue Coolers, but maybe it's been a while, you've been over to the website, you really need to visit them again and check out their brand-new Cobalt line. Now, this brand-new uh, here in 2022 uh, hadn't been released before, but the guys decided, you know, the, the folks over at Blue Coolers, they decided that not everybody needs 10-day ice at half the price. They got to thinking about it. You know, we could do a cooler that's not quite as thick, doesn't have quite as much insulation, but it's still going to be great form-fitting, absolute top-of-the-line cooler. It's going to do what you need it to do, and they can't help it. They are still going to manage to get you five-day ice at a fraction of the price. That's what we're looking at. Now, when they say that, they're actually not doing themselves justice. When they say 10-day ice at half the price, really their prices are about 40% of that other top-of-the-line brand that uh, the quality's on par with Blue Cooler, but they're a lot pricier. You, you know the ones I'm talking about, the, uh, the folks over there that are the uh, Himalayan Sasquatch brand. You know who I'm talking about. Well, anyway, the uh, Cobalt line is... Uh, the same sizes are available. You got handles, you got wheels, you got spouts, you got all the little things that make a big difference. But uh, they certainly come in knowing that if you only need three or four days, say you're going out somewhere for the 4th of July, for example, and you're going to go camping, maybe you only need three days of ice. So then 10-day ice is more than you have to have. So guess what? With five-day ice at a fraction of the price, you can get those coolers look just as good. They're quality stuff for less than the original blue coolers. And it's a great addition. And just follow the link in the show description or come visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. And when you land on the homepage, scroll down past recent guests and then just look for a blue coolers banner. Click on that. It'll take you to their website. And uh, once you've done that... Uh, 
they'll have five-day coolers uh, listed in one of the tabs, and that is the Cobalt Line. Check it out. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to go take a look. And I promise you, if you ever decide to make that leap, you will not be sorry. I mean, even if you don't use one of my links, you're going to love blue coolers if you just give them a chance. I promise you that. They're great products. really are. Uh, you wouldn't think I'd be quite so passionate about uh, coolers, but when you've had some of the crappy coolers I've had over the years, uh, you come to realize that that level of quality is hard to come by, and getting that level of value with it is astounding. So please, I would ask you to use my links. That way they know I sent you, and that if you decide to make a purchase, I'll get a tiny little uh, fee for getting you to them. But... Uh, it's going to be a win-win for you either way. You're going to get a great product at a great value. Uh, Blue Coolers is going to get a brand new, fantastic customer. That's you, by the way. And then if you just use my link, then I get to get a win too. It helps to support the show. And you know, for some folks that are listening, saying, "Hey, you can help support the show by doing this using my link." That's a reason why they absolutely, positively won't use the link. <laughs> and that's fine. I really, I, that's how you feel. It's okay. It really is. But then I would ask, why are you still listening? Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Seriously. All right, let's get back to it. I have uh, pondered enough on the sidelines. Uh, came across this story today. And before I read the headline, I was taken back by what has to be one of the. Uh, strangest pictures that I have seen of an individual uh, in a while that wasn't uh, an intentional Hollywood makeup job trying to make somebody look a certain way, all right? And you probably already know where I'm going with this. The headline reads, Woman with Goatee? Question mark. Canadian police missing person poster puts ID politics over safety, at least according to the critics. And I got to say, maybe so. Now, here's the story. And we know things have been a little wonky up in Canada for a while. Trudeau has crowned himself emperor. Uh, and he's a lot like Emperor Pal Palpatine at this point. At some point, he's going to be uh, going around using freaking Sith force powers and who knows what else is next. But uh, in this particular case... The Toronto police are searching for a missing person, but their effort to enlist the public's help, well, it may be a tad confusing. See, the missing person is identified as Isabella uh, Disgrace. Disgrace. D-E-G-R-A-C-E. Disgrace. Disgrace. I mean, I'm not sure what the emphasis is supposed to be. I'm just reading the, the copy here for the name. Isabella, disgrace, 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 I, anyway, 27-year-old who was last seen in the wee hours of June 25th. So it's been about five days ago at the time of the live broadcast. It may be longer than that by the time you hear this. The missing woman, uh, using air quotes here, is described as five feet, ten inches tall, with shaggy blonde hair and a goatee. So one of the Twitter users uh, goes by the name of Joseph Jones. So, you know, I want to give a shout out to Joseph. <laughs> Joseph asks the question of, how is this helping? 
So the self-described gay leftist libertarian, Joseph Jones, uh, continued by saying, seriously, if this person is in danger, misleading the public like this does a massive disservice. Um, yeah, yeah, I tend to think you're right. Now, from this picture of the 27-year-old Isabella, it's pretty obvious biological male by every definition. I mean, it's pretty clear. This individual was last seen, we're talking about Isabella now, last seen on uh, in the city's uh, Razon Avenue. Uh, evidently wearing a black t-shirt, gray pants. Uh, it's no joke, the police say. They're, they're concerned with Isabella's safety. Twitter users blasted the police department for using apparently preferred pronouns that will do very little to help find the missing person. But you see, that's not what's actually important. It's not important that we actually find somebody that we're seriously concerned about. It's way more important that we use their preferred pronoun because Isabella would just rather not be found than to be found if you thought she was a man despite the fact that she certainly looks very much like a man. Now, I'm not saying that an actual woman can't look mannish. I think we've all seen some uh, folks that we just weren't completely sure. But normally, a little female mustache, a little facial hair, it doesn't look like a full freaking goatee, and that's what this dude has. Isabella is a dude. I'm sorry. And if you want to use this picture, and I'm assuming they want to use this picture because it's one of the more recent ones of Isabella, uh, maybe maybe you should at least make some mention of the fact that uh, she's a woman in name only or something like that. It's just it's absurd. But I I don't know that the police department even has the ability now to, to do what they need to do. It's a case where... So many politicians that oversee and run police stations, especially in Canada, where you don't have the same level of free speech and what have you. Maybe they're, maybe they're handcuffed on this one to begin with, if you'll forgive the police analogy. Uh, Mikey P., also on uh, Twitter, said, How would you describe this woman on the radio or via text? Would you maybe mention that this woman looks an awful lot like a conventional man? Could you perhaps use facts for your bulletins rather than identity preferences, asked uh, Gramathon Cleric. Gramathon Cleric. Uh, sorry, Cleric, not meaning to, to butcher you there, but uh, my uh, paper here kind of crumpled up. So. <laughs> sorry. When show prep goes wrong, terribly wrong. Anyway, Graham Cleric uh, also continued saying, that is if the point is to locate the person, not just virtue signal. And hey, there we have it, don't we? There are a large number of people in the leftist uh, category that uh, signaling your virtue is way more important than actually living any kind of virtue. I, in fact, most of them probably couldn't. Uh, hold themselves to their standards anyway. Other Twitter users also 
resorted to pure mockery in response to the uh, Toronto police tweet. A good example of that uh, came from, uh, let's see here, uh, where's a good one? Here's one. I'd appreciate it if everyone could please keep an eye out for my missing cat, Bishop Twinkles. He's a 16 hands tall and weighs about 750 pounds. And uh, with that tweet, he's got a picture of a racehorse. My missing cat. Because my cat, my horse identifies as a cat, so it's my missing cat. I mean, he's making the point, right? You get it. He's not one of the crazy ones. He's trying to show you how crazy this is. Now, the Canadian Human Rights Act has been interpreted by some as carrying potential penalties for not using a person's preferred pronouns, including mandatory sensitivity training, issuing an apology, and even a publication ban. Repeated refusals to use preferred pronouns could theoretically result in criminal penalties and even prison, according to Jared Brown, who is a commercial litigator at Brown Litigation. Fancy way of saying I'm a lawyer, dude. This Jared Brown often works with corporate clients on employment law and human rights disputes. Brown told the CBC, it could happen. It's likely to happen. I don't think so, but my opinion on whether or not it's likely has a lot to do with the particular case that you're looking at. The path to prison is not straightforward. It's not easy, but it's there. It's been used before in breach of tribunal orders. Anyone with information, of course, looking for Isabella's whereabouts is asked to contact the police. And, you know, here, if, if you're one of the Canadian listeners and you happen to know where Isabella may be, uh, then you can give them a call at 416-808-1400. That's the con- Crime Stoppers anonymous uh, number at uh, 416. 416- one six two 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 tips. That's four one six two 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 eight four seven seven. Or you can reach out to the Crime Stoppers at www.222tips.com. But now let's talk. Let's talk for a minute about. What exactly is going on here? This isn't the first time we have seen, either in Canada or here in the United States, it's happened in Britain some too, where we've seen this effort to put this identity type of politics ahead of common sense and certainly ahead of safety. We recently had someone that medic refused to accept blood from because he... Emphasis on he refused to answer the question of whether or not he was pregnant. He, being a he, knowing what being a he means, expected trained personnel that involved to medical adjacent activities 
would also understand what being a he means and know that despite the language of the left and preferred language atrocities, because pronouns only have meaning as long as you let their meaning stand, uh, well, you know, knowing what those words meant, he thought they should too, and he thought it was ridiculous. We've had multiple reports a couple of years ago. Uh, one was rather uh, <clears throat> over-reported, if you ask me, but uh, an event occurred where individual had gone into the ER with horrific abdominal cramping, was feeling flush and and was having terrible abdominal abdominal cramps. You know, it's just horrible. It's like I think I think I must have ate something and it's killing me. Identified as male, filled out all the paperwork as male. So dude is out in the uh, waiting room waiting to come back for uh, triage before they send you to see the doctor at the ER and they have no idea that this is anything more than possibly just a severe food poisoning case and worst case scenario they may just have to take this guy back there and pump his stomach in a little bit if symptoms don't lessen out so they don't get in too big of a hurry and then the strangest thing happens Dude's water breaks. Ta-da! Well, now this elevates things. And instantly, thank goodness in this case, the trained medical professionals that worked in the CR recognized exactly what that was and exactly what that meant. In the interest of using preferred pronouns and forcing the medical professionals to have to accept their identity as male... They literally put their own life at risk and possibly the risk of the baby that they were carrying because dude wasn't a dude, dude was a chick. A pregnant chick. A very pregnant chick who was literally giving birth and because this was his first child, had no idea what that cramping actually was. Although there's a lot of insinuation that... Uh, they actually did know they were pregnant, but had some other mental issues where they just refused to acknowledge that uh, they were female. And acknowledging the pregnancy would actually mean acknowledging that not actually a biological male. So it happens a lot. Usually not quite to that extreme, but that has happened more than once. That very same scenario. And it's worked the other way, too. If you're not at least being honest to the medical professionals, let's say that you are you're obstructing their best possible ability to help you. And in some of these instances, it literally might be the difference between you living or not. And if you would rather die with your preferred pronoun than live telling your biological truth then hey, that's on you. Way to be committed, actually. I have a lot of, and I'm not kidding. I know I've got this kind of a, a laugh thing going on right now because it seems silly to me to say this about this topic, but I have a lot of respect for the folks that legitimately stand on a principle. I, no matter how ridiculous I may think that principle is, I do think we need more people actually standing up to do what's right. 
to say what's right, and more people who are willing to stand up and and acknowledge when they've been wrong, too. I, I think that's a, an important thing that we need a lot more of. But what we do not need, whether you're talking about in Canada or if you're talking about the UK or if you're talking about here in the United States, if you're talking about anywhere in the world, we do not need more identity politics trumping common sense. We do not need identity politics trumping reality. And when it comes to biology, I mean, if you haven't seen this guy's picture, Isabella, you really need to take a look at it. It was all over Twitter, uh, and you can still find it. You can probably just put in a Google search. Uh, if you're looking, you're looking for Isabella Disgrace. That's I-S-O B-E-L-L-A, Isabella, 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 tomato, tomato, and then disgrace, D-E-G-R-A-C-E. You do a Google search, but trust me, you can just go on Twitter or do the Google search. See this guy's picture for real. This Isabella is... Man, that is a goatee. <laughs> that's all I can say. Scruffy looking, and and again, that's not a an insult. I I've looked rather scruffy looking on occasions uh, as well, and sometimes the scruffy look is a good look because it's a manly look, and you know, that's kind of the thing. I don't think there's much of a question of the biology. The biological truth here is obvious, but yeah, again, it's a shame that the police in Toronto are put into this category where they feel it necessary to do this. If you if you were new to the preferred pronouns argument uh, and, and you saw this, you probably would scratch your head and think it must be some type of stupid prank. Meanwhile, this individual is missing, has been missing, like I said, time of the broadcast for five days now. Now, either they're in some real trouble and still can be helped, or it's too late to help them. And in either case, I would tend to think, and I could be wrong, they could be so far off on this one that maybe maybe they really literally would prefer to die with their preferred pronoun than to be helped because somebody had the guts to stand up and tell the biological truth. And if that's the case... Man, sorry, but if the police are legitimately trying to find this person, really trying to find them, then they need to stop playing this game. We all need to stop playing the pronoun game. But when it comes right down to it, if you're somebody that I'm personally interacting with, I don't have a problem with you defining yourself however you're going to define yourself. I do start having a problem when there is compelled speech. When people just expect me to accept and go along with whatever it is they have to say. Because there are certain obvious truths that they're paramount. They trump everything else, whether you want them to or not. And I'm sorry, look in the mirror, whatever you see, fine. If you're somebody I know and you ask me, could you please do this? Then I'm probably going to say, all right, fine, whatever. You do you, boo. But if you're going to just march around and demand that I always do this, that, or the other, and I should put my pronouns on my profile, it's like, 
you're not going to like what I put on my profile. I use Apache attack helicopter flight destruction vehicle. Those, those are my identity pronouns. They're not very good ones, but that's how I identify. <laughs> it's not going to help you find me if I ever go missing, now is it? Uh, let's go to the um, let's go to the the uh, air base over here. I he might be hanging out with his uh, family over there. Those Apache attack helicopters over there. <sighs> <laughs> Are you trying, Toronto police? Are you really trying? Or are you legitimately scared that you guys could end up uh, being prosecuted for violating their human rights? You didn't use the preferred pronouns. You're in big trouble, mister. I get it. There is no actual free speech in Canada. It's not protected in any real way. And Trudeau's done a lot to try to curb anything remotely similar to free expression that might have existed before. So maybe the police should be concerned. But in that case, maybe the police should have simply avoided pronouns uses altogether. This Have you seen this person? Identifies as Isabel. Would, would that have sufficed? Would that keep them out of trouble and still be able to let people look at the picture and not get confused and not think it's some kind of crazy joke. I mean, seriously, guys, if you have to tell people that you're serious, then maybe you should rethink your approach. You're the police. They should assume that you're serious to begin with. You should have to tell them if there's a joke. It should never be the other way around. But hey, that's what they do on the left. Identity politics ahead of everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to have to be it for hour number two. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I greatly appreciate it. Don't forget A.J. Rice's book, The Woking Dead, upcoming at the end of July. We'll be having the drawings to give away copies, free copies, of that book in early August because I would imagine it'll be that long before I get my copies that are coming in to do the giveaway. Don't forget, if you want an extra chance to win one of those, uh, share uh, share the show page for whatever platform you're listening to uh, on social media that uh, I have a presence. Be sure to tag me in that uh, photo. Mention me. Uh, tag it in the, in the post. And uh, mention the book as well. And you get extra chances if you'll go over right now to locals.com. Find the Tap into the Truth community. I'll put a link in the show description for that. I have been for the last several broadcasts. And uh, just sign up to be part of the community. You'll get extra chances to win the book. Uh, And uh, in the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and especially use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, one more time, special message for Barely There Beijing Biden. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go.
feel safe if you are armed. You say gun control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. using both hands. 